Since being founded in California in the 1940s, McDonald's has always aligned themselves with the most powerful duos. Burgers and fries, nuggets and sauce, Bird and Jordan. First one to miss watches the winner eat. Sundin and Gretzky. You can buy me a Big Mac. Ronald and the Lone Jogger. That's the Lone Jogger. But now, the home of the Big Mac has teamed up with the most dynamic duo of all. Jay on Rate and Dan O'Toole. And together they form the Jay and Dan Podcast. Brought to you by our friends at McDonald's. Hear that crack? That's a sound of 2021. That Pop was actually a feeble crack. 2021. That was a feeble crack. Yeah, that was a, here. Let's try. Let's that. get a loud one. Oh, hey, boy, yeah. that was a good one. That was a good one. You're in for a treat. <laughs> um, we're gonna do a best of this week. So. Uh, Initially, this week, we're going to have uh, Mina Kimes, uh, NFL analyst for ESPN, uh, writer for ESPN.com. She was going to be on the show this week, uh, but we're going to push that to next week. We're going, to be, uh, we're going to be interviewing Mina. That's next Thursday. So we're kind of switching it up. Usually our podcast comes out on a, a Monday, Toolsy. Uh, for some reason, the next couple of weeks, it's coming out on Thursdays. Hey, it's 2021. Anything could happen. Yeah. Now it's weekend listening. Right, right. Your, uh, your, or your Friday commute, which nobody has anymore. Uh, yeah. Your Friday sit on the toilet. This is our first podcast together in like two months. Yeah, it's been a while. Because it's been uh, a while. Since, uh, that's again, that's the stained video with all the uh, candles, right? Well, that's what stained was writing about. The fact that we hadn't been doing podcasts. <laughs> and that stained guy was pretty upset about it. So, yeah, I, uh, I had to burn my vacation. I did that in November. You did yours in December. Then we were off for Christmas. And now uh, here we are back together in 2021. Back, back together. So what we wanted to do today to kick off the year is uh, give everybody warm, fuzzy feelings and, uh, and bring back some of our favorite interviews from some of our podcast friends, some of our best podcast I don't friends. remember many of them. Uh, the friends or the interviews? Not <laughs> <laughs> <Better> about both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, you know, you're Jeremy Taggart's. Oh, yeah. Right? Love that guy. You're Engineer Jim. Jimmy. Uh, you're Jonathan Torrens. Oh, Torrens. Great Twitter follow, all three of those guys. Yeah, all terrific people, uh, all wonderful guys. Before we get to those, uh, how's your holidays? Really nice. How about yourself? How, how was things out in Orono? Um, brought the tree out. Again, I don't know what happens in the last few days of that tree, but it dies quickly, and then every needle... Every needle just starts to plummet rapidly. And that's why you And there's got- no way of... Tried to wrap it in a garbage bag. There's needles everywhere. You got to get an artificial tree. It'll change your life. Boy, Mark Cuban's had a lot of plastic surgery. Uh, Toolsy and I just have Shark Tank on Oh, I love that show. Shark Tank. And uh, it doesn't look bad, though. It's good plastic surgery, as it should be. He should be able to afford a good guy. Um, Yeah, no, we, we always do the artificial one. And I love it. I, growing up, we had a real tree. Every, we would literally, like the Griswolds, because we lived in a small town in Alberta, just wander out into the forest and hack down a tree. 
-hmm. and it was fun at the time. But I don't miss that, um, that cleanup that you're talking about. Don't miss it one bit. Love my tree. I just get it out of the garage, put it together. Boomsies, it's up, it's running, and the two-year-old's trying to tear it down. I've been in the market for one. None of, none of the fake ones have caught my eye. Okay, I'm going to, I think the bay, if it survives the pandemic. <laughs> but I The tell bay you, is the place to go for this trees. This fruit, fruit stand close to my house, fruit stand in the summer, other things in the winter, they've got me a hook, line, and sinker. $45 for that tree, delivered. Okay, but then it dies a slow death. It is really strange that we cut down that amount of trees per year. Yeah. And it's still like, yeah, we're still doing it. Yeah, kind of. Uh, but, yeah. First world problems, I guess. Oh, hey, um, oh. and I uh, started a new tradition. Um, I know you're very excited about this. Girls and I, every day, Little House on the Prairie. That's the 2021 O'Tools right there. Vision TV. Uh, you have a couple others too, right? Highway to Heaven? No, that's the, that's the, the that leads that's you the into, that leads you into the old uh, little house. And then you got uh, the Waltons on after. Oh man, the Waltons. What a... So far, I'm too invested in the little house. But you're like Michael Landon super fan. You just need bonanza every day for the trifecta. Well, here's the thing. So I'm on a text chain with my mom and my brothers and my sister. I mentioned I was watching Little House, and they all said, oh, you've been crying? I'm like, I don't, I watch this, I never cry. Every episode, mm -hmm. waterfall. Tears, that's what Landon did. And that then, was the specialty. And then um, my brother sent a text, and he says, oh, I was getting all dressed up to go uh, uh, shovel the driveway, and the neighbor already did it. I said, you get dressed up in a suit and tie to do the drive, <laughs> making a stupid joke. And then, and then I said, but speaking of dressed up, Michael Landon, um, he dressed up every episode. So I said to my mom, I'm like, he must have been like the heartthrob. She's like, he wasn't a heartthrob. He was hot. Whoa. Said this in a text. I was taken aback. That's your mom? Yeah. That's she said he was hot. Very disturbing. <laughs> Would not want to hear my mom say that about anybody. Um, did you watch the Bee Gees doc? Not Every yet. Everybody was watching that. Everybody's watching Queen's Gambit. And I actually watched those shows. Why? Because I was home at night. Like, you know how other normal couples, Dan, watch the, the shows of the moment, the Crave shows, the Netflix shows, yep. the HBO shows? I haven't watched any of those shows for 25 years, back when Crave started, back in 1995. Mm -hmm. Because we're not home at night Correct. for us to watch shows with our significant others. But for those three weeks, it was like living like a normal person again. And I got to say, it was kind of nice to live like a normal person. That must be what Rod Smith's like is, life is like. Yeah, he does the 6 o'clock show. On a, on a good night, if, even if you try to get to bed as soon as you get home from our jobs, you don't get to bed till like 3.30 or 3. And I don't, you know, I want to watch the shows with her, right? I, I don't yeah. want to watch them and then be like, oh, it was really good. Okay, I didn't get to watch them all too bad. Like The Mandalorian Season 2. Oh, so good. Tulsi, you got to get into it. You're a Star Wars guy. Yeah. I wonder what it would be like if you just started with The Mandalorian. So I want to do a podcast there, where uh, you watch all these movies, uh, all these sci-fi movies with not just me, but maybe like, you know, a special guest every episode. Okay. And you watch a movie with that person. And then that way, if you have questions like, well, who's this guy, who's this guy, then that person can answer your questions and you can stay in the movie, so to speak. 
Yeah, there's a lot of characters. There's different planets. There's right. different uh, uh, empires. But, well, there's just one empire. Well, no, there is different <laughs> empires. That's true. Are so, there Wookiees in The Mandalorian? No. Well, not yet. But no, not, not so far. Hmm. Uh, but it's just so good. Uh, John Favreau and Dave Filoni have done such a good I job. I watch him it. on his cooking show. Oh, right, because he did the movie where he was inexplicably married to uh, the woman from Modern Family. Uh, 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 Sophia Vergara. <laughs> Sophia Vergara. Yeah, Vergara. He was married to her mm-hmm. and then on the side having sex with Scarlett Johansson. And weighing in at a solid 500 pounds as he was doing that. <laughs> so, yeah, I watch his cooking show. It's pretty good. He's uh, with uh, that one chef. A good chef. He's got restaurants. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Hmm. I, I pretty much narrowed down every chef. Oh, Roy Choi? There you go. See, I knew you'd get it. Roy Choi, yeah. Yeah, um, I like to watch that. I, I, like, just, I got all kinds of time for Favreau. Jokes aside, he really did a great job of that show. He really did. You should watch it. And okay. oh, and shout out to Crave's Star Trek Discovery. Also fantastic. It's all space shows in my house right now. Um, shout out to Crave. I watched uh, 30 Rock again. One of the best sitcoms ever. Crave's got uh, Friends, too. What is this, a Crave ad? Letter Kenny, Friends, we've got it all. Crave has the best canceled show ever, Detroiters. Detroiters. Um, all the HBO shows. Showtime shows, right? They have the Showtime shows. Yeah. Get your Crave on. That should be the, the slogan. Actually, that, would, that sounds pretty good. And then, of course, the good doctor. Yeah, that goes right to Crave. I mean, he's showering with his nurses Can we get now. our show on Crave, Tim? Yeah, Tim's going to work on that. All right, let's get to it. Uh, some of our favorite interviews from our very best pod friends. And then uh, at the end... Um, Stoff, all the uh, the band songs that we have in the uh, repertoire. Let's uh, finish with those. Okay, I like that idea. And then don't forget, just one more reminder, next Thursday, January 14th, uh, our first uh, new pod of the year with Mina Kimes from ESPN. So uh, definitely join us for that one. But for now, enjoy some of these uh, past interviews from old podcast pals. Jonathan Torrens. Was the intent to do a massive uh, cover the entire country tour? Have you scaled that back? What, what's the, what was the plan? What's the plan now? Well, Jeremy and I are the chocolate and the peanut butter, as you know, from touring experiences. I'm yes. used to carrying cardboard boxes out of the back of a Hyundai Elantra. He's used to being on a bus with Van Halen as a teenager. Right, um, right. So I'm just happy to kind of be in a tiny chair at this weird table that I've never been at before. So for us, like playing our own little dates um, has been really fun. As you know, getting to tour was probably something you never imagined you would do. Um, it was a blast. And it's been a treat to see how much the podcast transfers to a live environment where bots get to come up and play games and shout out things from the back of the room. So certainly that was a part of it. I would be lying to you and I wouldn't do that if I didn't admit that part of me was low-key worried about executing these songs. Like, we brought in some heavies, like uh, Tim and Anthony from Arkells and yes. Aaron Goldstein, who's a heavy-duty pedal steel player who probably plays on all the hipster records that you have. Um, like, we couldn't <laughs> afford to bring those guys out with us. So uh, us and a um, keyboard trying to recreate some of those things because making a comedic record 
with 10 different genres because each of the characters had to bring a song to the record. They had to be musically sound, but they also had to be funny in a way. So it's kind right. of inventing 10 little universes that set sound and seemed legit. But it is cool. I mean, when you and I were growing up, uh, I feel like comedy albums, and, and maybe they are still a thing, but they were such a thing when we were growing up, I thought. Like, they were, it, I love to listen, right? And the Bob and Doug McKenzie album was like the Bible to me as a little kid. I had the actual vinyl. I used to obsess over it. And so it must have just been amazing for you guys to, to put it on wax, so to speak. It was, and I didn't really understand at each step of the process what was supposed to be happening. For example, right out of the get-go, Jer is used to being an OLP. They spent six months in Hawaii with Bob Rock. Nothing right. really came of it. We're going to chuck it and start again. <laughs> right. We have $12 and six days. So there's no margin for error. Like a lot of the vocal takes of mine are first takes that ended up right. on the record because they were good enough is good enough was kind of the mantra. But I think that sort of served me well because I didn't have any expectations. Right. And uh, like for, right out of the get-go, uh, Jer was like, I know you're a words guy. Don't worry about words. Just bring vibes to the studio. And I was like, cool, cool. Yeah, I'll just bring some vibes, you know? I'll just bring in some vibes. And then uh, so turning to my wife going like, what, what, what are vibes? Like, can I carry them on the plane or do you have to check? Like, I, I don't even know. But he was right. Because it's, it's wild that like any idea, you start with a boom, bap, and then a boom, boom, and then suddenly in 17 minutes, it sounds like a thing. You've got the Seinfeld theme. Doom bet. Yeah, I couldn't remember if that was Night Court. <laughs> if you want to have bow, fun tonight. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> if you want to have fun tonight, listen to the bass line in We Didn't Start the Fire. It's outrageous. <laughs> doom gap, doom gap, doom bap, doom bap, boom bap, doom bap, boom bap, boom bap. It's like, here, I brought this in as a joke. And Billy was like, lay that down, man. And that was it's not like something you last... think about when you think about this, that song, <laughs> no, but it would jump so, out at you. I'm doom so get, listening to that. And it, it was probably some killer session basis too, right? Like this was like, I've always wanted to bring this. Billy's getting a little crazy. I'm getting the impression that he's going to take 20 years off after this record. I'm just well, going to throw this brag, out here. But my friend Richard studied jazz at McGill and his saxophonist, saxophone teacher, was brought in as a session guy on Just the Way You Are. And they were like, Whoa. play something, man. So he's like, I don't know. Only ever got paid his one-time session fee, but oh that's the god. song. Wow, that's crazy. Oh yeah. my god, we got to do a whole podcast about that. Now we got to wrap it up. So do you want to play, uh, play your game, Plot or Not? Yes, I do. I prepared Let's a game it. for you called Plot or Not. It's really fun. I can't uh, how wait. How many minutes do I have? 90 seconds? I would say two minutes, three, oh, okay, three, good. three Then let's four? sit down in it. Okay. Here's how it works. It's very simple. I'll give you a Canadian show and a plot. Okay. All you have to do is guess if it was an actual plot or not. Ready? I can't wait. I'm ready. Heartland. You know Heartland? Yep. yep. The episode was My called Gold, Frankincense, and More. <laughs> On a stormy Christmas Eve, when an avalanche makes the road impassable for the vet, Amy is left to deliver a miracle foal. Plot or not? I'm gonna go with plot. That was not. You're zero for one, bud. <laughs> I wrote that. I said to my wife earlier, if I could do this for a living. Okay, two, Danger Bay, ready? Oh, Grand one of my favorite Theft. shows ever. Grand Theft Whale. 
is the title of the episode. Grant must find a gold sculpture that disappeared from the aquarium's whale exhibit during a blackout. Plot or not? Uh, that's a plot. That's a plot. You're one for one. <laughs> one for two. King of Kensington, you love this show. Oh, yes. Green-eyed monster. A jealous man thinks his wife is having an affair with Larry. Plot or not? You think not no? A plot. No. That's a plot, bud. You're one for three. What? And, and you think I'd know. Because Catwalk, look at this. Winner of the Gemini Award for Best Direction in a Dramatic or Comedy Series. It was called World Atlas. Remember Atlas, the guy who had hair like a curling rock? Yes, yes. When a, when a handsy promoter asks Atlas to audition for a global touring dance company, he's devastated to discover it's an all-male nude review. Plot or not? Plot. That's not. Damn I made that it. up. Here's the last one. It's a bonus. Breaker High. He shoots, he scores was the name of the episode. Breaker High with Ryan Gosling. Sean, Ryan Gosling, sets out to fulfill three goals. To play on a sports team, to see his name in lights, and to experience his first kiss. Plot or not? Plot. That's a plot, bud. Yes. Sorry. Did I just censor plot for everything? Bonus. Jeremy Taggart. You like diet drinks? I don't like diet drinks. I, I don't love them. But uh, <laughs> oh, I figure if a, a liquid I, that color I'm is mistook. going in my body is going in my body, I want like the high octane. Uh, you know, I was on a show. I was hosting our show last week. I think it was with Kayla Gray, and I brought up Jolt Cola. She's so young; she'd never heard of Jolt Cola. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that, but like I said, I'm in I'm in Muskoka, yeah, and across the lake. From where I'm at is the guy that started Cot Beverages. Remember, it's Cot to be good. <laughs> yeah. Did they make Jolt? Did they make Jolt? Did Cot make? I don't I know. I don't know. Um, Jeremy, not to not to bring the mood down, but to, usually when you're there, I'm there with you. Uh, what's going on? Uh, I'm uh, right here in in my beautiful Muskoka. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm usually in the next cottage over from you. Well, yeah, usually you're right here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, now, what's the water temp up there? What's the lake temp? I think it's uh, Berlin at around I don't know, like what's comfortable, like seventy something like that. Is that is that or is that? I, I like it around eighty. I like it around eighty. Maybe it's eighty. I don't know. It's <laughs> it's whatever temperature you want it to be. Well, you think hard enough. <laughs> I'm not a big women's guy. I was and in there watching the kids. So they, they were in it for hours. So it must be must be in this. Yeah, because kids for, I don't know if they've got an extra layer of skin or something, but they can swim in cold pools in which I can't even put my feet in. Yeah, they turn into seals and they just, <laughs> just like an hour and problem. Uh or maybe it's been my problem all my life because um on the farm growing up, we had a we had a, one of the above ground pools, and uh, it was late in the season. And there's a picture of me, and I'm I'm fully clothed with like a sweater and uh, sweatpants on, and like a shower cap because I wanted to go in the pool, but I hate cold water. Uh, yeah, but you're even colder if you're wearing clothes because then it's suctioned to you. Yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. And that what that I pool. Uh, one time we came back from a family trip. That pool we came back. It was gone. <laughs> <laughs> so no one stole it. No one stole our above ground pool. It just, it, 
uh, crack in it and it was just uh, water all leaked out. That's like in, when I lived near Alliston, there are some classic above ground pools there. Just like, <laughs> or like the one, like get banged up and like bump into it and it would cave and the whole backyard would flood. Oh, yeah. Oh, because we had the metal sides. If someone was leaning on that, my dad would be like, what do you Don't! Up and your elbow goes into the lining. <laughs> yeah. Oh, geez. Oh, so one comedian has a funny joke about above ground pools. Um, and it was, uh, how much fun can you have when only you're, when you only have water up to your waist? I have a traumatizing, I have a traumatizing, um, uh, memory from that pool. One time my parents' friend brought over their pet. It was a pet raccoon on a leash. I was in the pool. That thing came to the edge of the deck and just started hissing at me. Would not let me leave the pool. That's like that's the thing though. Those pool, like when you're just standing above water. <laughs> <laughs> One of the tricks we did in um, our above ground pool is if you had a bunch of people and you all ran along the outskirts of it and you got a nice little uh, whirlpool going. And then you, you could jump out of the train of running around and then you could float in the whirlpool and it would just take you around. That's something you, you can do in an above ground pool. And this is like in the small town, that is just, it's a social place to get back up. Yeah. And hey, if you got a pool, I'm there. I don't care if it's above ground, in ground, so Taggart, is this like your um, uh, George Costanza's dad's? Um, is this your like uh, cruise wear? Yeah, yeah. You like this? I love it. You're yeah, like Tommy Bahama. Like, yeah, it's hard to have a bad time when you're wearing this. You know, it's yeah. like when you're it's like when you're wearing big floppy, you know, uh, slippers, the big, huge ones. Like it's hard to have an argument wearing those things. <laughs> That's right. If you if you go into the grocery store and that, if you go anywhere, you're like, I, I want to see where that guy's going. Exactly. <laughs> no, you, you can't have a good time. Even if you're by yourself, you feel good wearing this shirt. Yeah, have you, Lisa got it for me, and I'm uh, I'm. Have you ever met? Uh, have you ever met or run into Jimmy Buffett? No, I haven't. Uh, I do. I'm a fan, though. I mean, that guy just packs it in no matter where he goes. And then he, like, writes books and stuff. Like, (laughs) he's got, that guy's got, like, a plane. He's got his own plane. He's one of those kind of loaded. Yeah, he's uh, he's one of those super rich guys where you don't even think about it. Because how long has he been performing? And everywhere he plays, it's sold out because of his... uh... Parrot heads, is that what they're called? Yeah, yeah, the parrot heads are the fans, and they yeah. actually have uh, like he has restaurants. Have you ever have you been the to Margaritaville? Margaritaville yeah, those restaurants. I've never entered one because I'm and they the literally, yeah. Well, I've been like back in the day, like on tour, and there's nothing else, and you're at sound check, and you're in one of those kind of. You know, like in Orlando or Disney, where that's you're stuck on, a, on that kind of compound of a resort, and that's your options yeah. for lunch. You know, so you go. I went into Margaritaville, and they literally they just played uh, live versions of Margaritaville in the loop. <laughs> so you just hear the song, just different jams, and oh, it's okay. Yeah. Like you're like, fine, great. Just hear what's live from Budapest in 1976, <laughs> Margaritaville. <laughs> 
cut to Pittsburgh in summer 73, Margaritaville. You also have a trampoline, which I'm fascinated by because that's such an interesting uh, piece of play equipment. Um, yeah. Well, uh, this, I, we have this, I have the spring free trampoline, so there's no springs, right? So it's flush right to the edge. So there's no like oh. getting caught in the springs or anything. So it's Ooh, a I good, like right. safe, safe place for the kids to play in. It's really good. I love so, it. I love so it. So Jeremy, I've heard about these new ones. You can get ones that go into the ground. So if you fall off, you just like fall onto the lawn. But this one has a catch, like it, it's it's all surrounded the net, right. so you can fly the into nets. it like a wrestling ring. I, I just look at them. I just look at them and I see emergency though, room visits. I know emergency room visits. That's all I see when I see them. Mine's the safest. We've had it for almost three years and no no injuries. Wow. So, Jer, uh, you and Jonathan Torrens have an album coming out in June called Bods, which I think is a great title. Yes. Um, and you have a new single coming out this Wednesday that everyone needs to check out. Tell, tell us about it. Yes, it's called Animals Sound the Same. It's kind of our kids' song for the album. And uh, these two characters, Jean-Guy and Alec, they're, uh, they're trying to break the kids' game market. They're not great, <laughs> but like they really like to try. And they're a little creepy. So with the video, we'll drop, and people get to see me and Jonathan being creepy. Uh, with our kids jam and the album drops on June 11th and that's when our next like I guess our first uh, real single I guess the more poppy song called Terry Got Wasted that oh it's amazing in. it's amazing so we're, we're gonna be filming actually that video in the, this next week and a half or so but we're gonna have a zoom video featuring Dan as Terry and Jonathan and Adam Baldwin <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> now, what kind, uh, what kind of direction have you given Dan? Because if you know uh, anything about Dan, if there's a script, uh, Dan will see it and absorb elements of it, but he will not. He will never regurgitate the exact words. Uh, the the no beauty of what. this, there's only, there's no need for any script at all it's more Perfect. stunt kind of stuff so like <laughs> if we can get some like marshmallow state like puff and put it on your chest so you'll have a s'more going there and maybe run through your door oh. something like that <laughs> those both those things i do on a regular basis <laughs> <laughs> i wish i was kidding so you can be a human <laughs> s'more for us and you can go through a screen door Tulsi, oh, didn't yeah. you injure your hand? Uh, isn't that how you nearly lost your thumb or whatever going through? Screen? No, that was in a that was in a bouncy castle. A bouncy <laughs> castle injury. All right. <laughs> yeah, okay. it did one. It did one of these. Just bent okay. it all the way like oh, back down the Oh man. Yeah. yeah. Were you? Were you? Uh, did you have a couple of drinks before your zero? It was a kid's no. birthday, It was a kid's birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell were you doing in there? <laughs> hey. I, I, you can, you feel like Michael Jordan in a bouncy castle that has a basketball hoop in it. Cause you're like, for sure. just slamming it down. So I yeah. did that one too many awesome. times. <laughs> right on, man. How are you hey, guys Jer doing in this quarantine? Well, we're doing great. I wanted to ask you, did you and Jono have a, uh, have a tour plan to support the album? Because I know so many bands, obviously and artists and comedians and Everybody, you know, all their tours are being shelved and it's such a 
such a quite quite honestly it is and thank uh, thankfully we're going to be doing a, a couple side door access shows if you've heard about side door it's uh they were primarily doing shows in communities so like private shows in people's houses uh for great artists and comics and people that want to perform but now since the quarantine they've kind of found a, a niche in online shows so they've had dan mangan and his wife laura have put they, they put side door together and there's been a, a bunch of great concerts from said the whale to uh i think uh stephen page did one last week and there's a bunch of other artists that are kind of um making some cash through a, an opportunity where there isn't so instead of it being you know 20 bucks to go to a place it's like six bucks but you're actually watching a live performance and it's got a really cool vibe because you see everybody that's there and uh so we're gonna go that route we're gonna do a side door show in june engineer jim the the thing i've been uh learning i was a neophyte when it came to eddie van halen i didn't know anything about it was obviously good guitar player but also not he, just good. Yeah, the, one of the best ever. But he built all his guitars. Yeah, that's crazy. Did. And he would and it would work on other artists' guitars as well. Exactly, and uh, very very instrumental, even in his guitar amps, the design and how uh, you know um, you know I, I believe it's released through PV uh, guitar amps. They they. To this day, and they're very popular, he has uh, the EVH line of guitar amps that he's designed that a lot of people love, you know, it totally has that sound. And he so, he just had that style where if you grew up like we did in the 80s or I guess late 70s, I, I was actually shocked to learn the band formed in 72. That's That was shocking to me. I didn't realize that they'd been around that long, but... That you know, they're really their heyday in the early '80s and mid '80s was so incredible, and you'd watch MTV or, in our case, Much Music, uh, and it would, the Jump video was so iconic, and the Hot for Teacher video, somewhat yeah, maybe not yeah. as acceptable today, but uh, was so iconic. And but oh, well, great. it was just the best. And he just always looked; he had that grin on his face. He always just looked like he was having the best time, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and. Uh... You know, it's so funny. Uh, I don't know. I guess it was around this time last year. Um, I was over at uh, one of the rehearsal studios uh, down the street from us. And uh, my son, Andrew, was with me. And, and Billy was doing some stuff. Billy Bob was in one of the studios working on some stuff. I guess it might have been in the spring, I guess. Uh, like a year and a half ago and uh, we're over there and we get out of the car we're going to go walk into the studio and it's a it's where Guns rehearses all the time and all these bands Marilyn Manson and Foo Fighters before they built their own place would rehearse there and Def Leppard and Alice Cooper and I mean you name it the list is legendary and uh the artists that are in and out of there all the time are insane. And I have my locker over there with my gear and guns has their stuff and Marilyn Manson and all these other people. In any event, we get out of the car and we hear this band in there. They're, they're playing hot for teacher. 
And I'm like, holy f***. They sound amazing in my head. Like, I didn't know Van Halen was here, you know. And my son looks at me and goes, Dad, that guitar player, do you hear that guy? He is wailing, you know. I'm like, yeah, he, he, he should be, you know. <laughs> and then when, they, uh, when David Lee Roth started singing, I'm like, holy it is Van Halen. Holy and, uh And and Andrew's like, wow, man, that's like the best Van Halen cover band I've ever heard. <laughs> and I'm like, no. That's Van Halen. <laughs> hilarious. So, Jim, did you work with him on any songs, any projects? Uh, no, I never got to work with him. I, I, I would have loved to have. And I, I worked with a number of producers that worked with them. And, um, I, you know, we had a lot of guys that ran around in the same circles. For a long time, we had this crazy group of like roadie guys and band guys that we'd all go golfing together and it would be the road guys from Motley Crue, Guns N' Roses and Van Halen. And you can imagine what the what stories that's like on the yeah. golf course. It was hilarious. <laughs> Their producer was was it Ted Templeman? Yeah. Right? Is that Yeah, he he has a book out. It's right. really interesting. Right. Yeah, he just just released it. Uh, it's it's really good. My buddy Mac just sent it to me. He read it, and I, I'm that's on my nightstand right now. Um, where do you rank him among guitarists all time, Jim? I know that's a tough one, but uh... Uh, I, I do. I, I, I certainly with him. I think you have to put him in the top five just because of his. You know, he was so innovative. I mean, he really had a signature sound. He really took that whole tapping thing and all that stuff and the double tapping to just, like, at exponential levels. It was insane, the the stuff he could do. And not only that, but, like, just the, uh, the arrangements and the songs and how he worked the music into it. I mean, his musicality is incredible. Well, and I didn't know this. They said it on the news the night he passed that he couldn't read music. Right. I, that blew me away. Well, I, I and, but no then idea. he could also apparently just, he was one of those people, I don't know what the word is for it, but I read this in the article too, that he was the kind of person, if he saw an instrument, he could pick it up and just play it by ear. But yeah. like any instrument. So he could just pick up a trumpet and just play it. Like it's insane to think about. Um Stoff has uh, something he wants to play for you, Jim. Here we go as we as we continue. Yeah. <laughs> this is I remember as a kid, like everyone was like, "How could anyone play like this?" Uh, it's insane. Jim, I had an idea though how to end this. You're sitting next to a pool. I'm sitting next to a pool. I say we do dueling cannonballs. I'm down. You that want to do that? Awesome. I'm in. Let's do it. Okay. All right. Jerry, you're, nice. next, Jerry you're, All right. you're next to a lake, Jerry. You could do it. Yeah, I could, but it's just I, I don't feel like it getting all foggy. <laughs> yes. oh, I'm, I'm going I'm so in. with you, brother. I'm so with you. Let me tell you something. It's, it's okay. still like 93 here right now. So <laughs> Look at right. that. I'm going Look in. Look at that. Come I on. I love it. I love it. Jim, you're the best. Great talking to you, my friend. Love, Love you guys. guys. Okay, so we ready? Much. Love you there guys. There he goes. He's going Ready in. Get in there.
Oh my god! Best ending ever. That was incredible. That's awesome. Ah, back. Hound Dog Harrison. Okay, looks like uh, Stoff has got him on the line, and the reason we wanted to get Hound Dog or Stats Guy on the line was to talk about his bidet that he hooked up to his toilet. So he, Hound Dog, is this correct? You didn't buy a toilet with a bidet; you installed one. Uh, I can't take full credit for uh, personally uh, installing it. My buddy, actually, uh, Mike Duong, was the one who was telling me was uh, selling me on the bidet, and he told me to get off Amazon. It was like forty five bucks. Didn't think that was too crazy to of a purchase, and he installed it uh, in like now twenty minutes or something like that, and it's been the greatest thing of all time. Wow. Okay. So first of all, if you've got a buddy who'll install your bidet, you better leave him some money in your will because that's something <laughs> I don't know any of my buddies who would ever <laughs> ever do that. That's, that's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. I, uh, uh, I should uh, be, uh, I should alter mine, I guess. Eh. <laughs> I didn't hear what was that. Oh, your will. Oh. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah that's definitely a, you need uh, to do that. Yeah. Okay, so Hound Dog, how does it look? Does it look like something that uh, you just threw on there? Is it hideous? Uh, tell us how this whole thing works. It's basically just like a contraption on the right side of the toilet. And uh, the first time I ever actually tried using it, I was curious. I'm like, oh, I wonder like, how much uh, water pressure comes out. That was the first mistake. Never, uh, always make sure when, you're, when you've installed one to be sitting down when you do it. <laughs> yeah. I was uh, like, oh, I wonder what this is. And psh- the water just sprayed up and almost hit me in the eye. That was pretty crazy. But wow. no, it's just like a, a small, small little contraption on the right side of the toilet. And uh, it's literally, like I said, it's, 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 it is. Like, it's a super soaker for your ass. Does it heat the water? Uh, you can get ones that are like that. Mine isn't because I got the cheap one. You like I know to, there's like... Yeah, uh, really like to have a little ones. shock to your system. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. The first time you use one, no question, people are going to be... You're, you're for sure freaked out because it's... it's a much different sensation than usual, but it's uh, used to it pretty quickly, and honestly, it, it's amazing. It really is. It's definitely a different sensation than wiping, for sure. And yeah. you said, <laughs> so the pressure, like, it, can you adjust the pressure? Yep. Yeah, okay. there's, uh, there's, there's like a, three or four settings on there. Uh, I, I never go past, like, medium, because after that, it's, yeah, it, it gets a little bit tough, but... Uh, yeah, no, there's like four different settings. Oh, yeah, I've got, uh, it, there's a lot of them. There's uh, The best seller is the Lux Bidet Neo 120 for $52. You have that one, Hound Dog? Yeah, that's exactly the one I have. Oh, yep. look at that. Okay, it's got uh, four and a half star reviews, 8,000 reviews. Wow, <laughs> that's impressive. Actually. And I can have it tomorrow. Toolsy, you got to get that and come back with a review next week on the Jane Dan podcast brought to you by McDonald's. <laughs> And maybe my buddy uh, Mike DeLong won't stall it for you. Yeah, that's right. I don't, Mikey. I don't want you guys. Getting He's near the bidet installer. Yeah, stay away from my toilet. Can you imagine he just shows up at your door? <laughs> hey, I'm here to install your bidet. I'm Mike DeYoung. Where's your? Oh. I'm gonna put this on it. Uh, okay. It was, right uh, this way. I must say, when I was working from home, uh, wherever it was, like for five, six months there during the pandemic. It was like one of the best aspects of working from home was having bidet access twenty four seven. Oh, were you using the bidet during our show? Uh, well, I was maybe. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to confirm or deny. Do you want (laughs) to check your diet? Uh. (laughs) Oh yeah, not so good, is it? (laughs) Actually, I swear to God, this is actually true. I uh, went to the Scarborough Town Center tonight uh, before work. 
got myself some dinner, and uh, I actually am like terrified right now to use the washroom, even though I need to. <laughs> Uh, but that's why when I get home tonight, uh, the lap of luxury for sure. So you're Mike, you got, fire it up. It's nine thirty. <laughs> <laughs> it's nine thirty, and we're not. You're gonna, the <laughs> earliest you're gonna get home is like one thirty-two in the morning. You're yeah. gonna be holding it for a long time, and that bidet is gonna. I don't know if it's gonna survive. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, I, I don't know, but. I don't understand, honestly. Like when I tell people about this, the the reluctance and the, uh, how many people are terrified of the concept of one, it just blows my mind. I don't understand it. No, oh, I love something it. that cleans you. Yes. Yeah. No, I we're all in. Like, I think I'm gonna have to get this. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Will I, I be able say, to? Like, will I be able to hook it up? I am not inclined. For Mike's plumbing gonna anything. do it. Mike's showing <laughs> up. <laughs> hey, I, where's I, your dumper? <laughs> 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 I have no idea uh, how easy it is. It's, like I said, it didn't take him too, too long, but I, I know for sure there'd be no way I'd be able I'm, to do it. I'm, I'm sure most man. people must. Inst- I'm trying to be see where the water comes out here. I don't see any. Is there, uh, Could you just hook a hose up in your bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> just a small garden hose, one of those retractable ones would tuck oh, on the wall. I think that would be just as good. Uh, Hound Dog, before we let you go, uh, tell us about your podcast uh, so everyone can uh, go check it out. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I've had you guys uh, both on. Uh, it's called the H-Dog Pod. Uh, I've done 39 episodes now. Uh, started, in, I guess, in January. And, yeah, I just talk about the days sometimes. That's certainly a, a, a discussion point. And, and dating sometimes and uh, sports, uh, reality shows. That's sort of uh, whatever uh, tickles my fancy that week. But, uh it's always fun to have somebody on there. Like when you guys were on there, it was it was fantastic. And uh, yeah, I've been doing that for a while, and you just try to come out uh, once a week, uh, one episode a week with that, and uh, it's going uh, really well. Seems like the bidet's been tickling your fancy. <laughs> <laughs> I got I know, oh, I gotta say I still understand like the the extreme reluctance from people. Like when you have dirty hands, you don't use a cloth. You you wash your hands with soap. So it's sort of the same idea. The toilet paper just doesn't work as well as, as cleaning. Uh, Stuff knows, Hound Dog. Stuff knows. We've been talking about it for the entire ten years of this podcast. That I don't understand society and toilet paper, and it makes no sense to me. There should be a bidet in every toilet, um, or we should just have all Japanese toilets. Sure, that would bankrupt us as a nation, but um, yeah, it's you, you're preaching to the choir on that one. Absolutely. Um, oh, sorry. Does stuff have one? Stuff. Do you have a hose in your shitter? No, uh, I do not, but I am on Amazon currently. Look at that toolsy options. and stuff right now, Hound Dog. I'm they, reading they all the reviews. The, they have the hose-like ones, and those are only forty dollars. <laughs> So it's actually also known as a hose. This this is uh, this, this is, is the greatest review. This is a real review. Five stars. The best drinking fountain we ever used. <laughs> Buy this now. <laughs> what oh, more can man. you ask for? When the pandemic started, the uh, I actually saw. Uh, I was trying to convince someone of it, and I told them to go on Amazon. And actually, they were sold out. People, you know, obviously everyone was uh, stocking up with toilet paper. But uh, for a while there, you couldn't get a bidet anywhere on Amazon. So it's good to see that it's back. I like that. I like that. Hound Dog, you are great. We're going to bring you back on to talk about your toilet hose again. (laughs) All right. I I have uh, plenty of stories as to why that I needed a bidet. I'm going to look for the heated one because I don't don't like uh, cold water. Did you hear that? Hound Dog said he has plenty of stories as to why he needed the bidet. <laughs> That's a tease. That's a tease right there. Okay, Hound Dog, we'll talk to you in uh, in person uh, again very shortly here at the TV and side of things. And hopefully I'm feeling okay. Okay, yeah. See you, Hound Dog. Take care.
Good guy. Luckily, uh, he's in a, a room cordoned off by himself. Sean Cullen. Hello, everyone. Can you hey, hear me? Hey, Sean, you and I are both from Peterborough, so if anyone was prepared for a pandemic, I believe it's us. <laughs> yes, it's more of a mandemic in Peterborough. <laughs> I love, you know, what my favorite thing about Peterborough is the second it gets above 10 degrees, the shirts are coming off. You're seeing shirtless men everywhere. And my mom. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's 80, 89 and just in this skin to wind. She's down at the Costco. Rolling. And you know what? Who's going to stop her, Sean? Who's going to stop her? Nobody. It's not a It's not a It's just in poor taste. <laughs> what is that poster over your right shoulder? Is that a, a Scrooge McDuck poster? No, it is actually from a, an animated series that I did called Rocket Monkeys, about two monkeys, Gus and Wally, who are brothers, have a rocket ship, and they do absolutely stupid things. Uh, it's, uh, I think it was on, was it on Cartoon Network? I think so. It was a very funny show. It's very stupid. It's my favorite one of all the things I've done. I, uh, another thing I've enjoyed, Sean, is your description that you... And I noticed this early when you started to do the videos that you have many hats in your room. You love, you seem to love hats. I and, do uh, have a great uh, variety of hats. And uh, <laughs> I think about 50 baseball hats of different varieties. And you like to maybe give a little description of the hats and where you got the hats. And uh, they seem like they really mean something to you. They don't, but people can't. <laughs> People kept asking me about them and say, "Where'd you? What's with all your hats? Are those your hats of your victims?" And I say, "Yes." <laughs> Isn't there some comfort in the fact that we're kind of stuck, and we and we can't get haircuts, or we're not supposed to do things like dye our hair or get haircuts or or put on your spanks or or work out? And there's some comfort in that, right? Because we're all in this together somehow. That's right. We're all forced to, to idleness, which is great because some people just are very busy and work hard and they make us all feel bad in normal times. And yeah. now you're just forced to uh, sit there and touch your own self, you know, <laughs> not, not in the face, not in the face, please. Just the rest of your body. But have I'm you just... found, though, have you found that you touch, uh, Jay and I talked about this last week. Now that we are supposed to touch our face, that's all I want to do. I know, and I want to touch your face. <laughs> <laughs> so weird, because I'm right up there, ready to touch your face. Christoph is stuck in a strange room by himself, isn't he? <laughs> he is. Indeed. That's his uh, DJ lair. It's cute. I love what he's done with the decor. It's blurry. <laughs> Oh, so sh <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, it's like he's hiding something. It's uh, portrait mode. Sean, I, I have to tell you something. Your sign off on all your videos, I told my mom yesterday, and um, she wrote it down. I believe she's going to end every conversation now with it. <laughs> well, it's see, people keep asking me, you know, it's wash your face, wash your hands, wipe your bum. And they say, <laughs> it's not in the wrong order. And I say, you do you. <laughs> um, don't, don't tell me how to live. 
I never thought of that. Yeah, I guess it is kind of in the wrong order. It is the wrong order, but my bum is, is uh, <laughs> it shoots bleach. <laughs> People don't know that. My colon is absolute. nothing can live in it. So uh, everything that comes is completely germ-free. I keep waiting for someone to fall down your stairs, Jay. Oh, yeah, yeah, that'll happen. That that's, how we, that's how we end, we end every podcast. My daughter, my four-year-old, she rolls down the stairs. And I'm like, are you okay? And she's like, you never were a good dad to me. And then she leaves. So that's yeah. how we end all our podcasts. Yeah. That's nice. That's a great sign-off. It's kind of like the evil Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly like that. How? What if your novel was just about a man who eats chips all day? Then you could... To kill two birds with one stone, so to speak. It's called the chippening. That's right. <laughs> I'm chipping. I, I, you know, I like chips. Don't you like chips? Oh, I love chips. Look at oh, that. Just who would who would be your number one? Actually, someone posted this on Twitter. They said your top three uh, choice of chips uh, if you could never have any other chips in your life. I went with the Miss Vicky's salt and vinegar. Um, I went with some ketchup lays. And I think I went Doritos. Well, I think I'd go Miss Vicky's Jalapeno. Oh, yeah. Oh, a little spicy. And I like, uh, I'd have to say, Hinto Lime. Uh, oh, Tostitos. Tostitos, Hinto yeah. Lime. And uh, then for fun, I love the uh, President's Choice Loaded uh, loads of chips. Have you ever seen those where they're loads of all dressed and yeah, loads Galen, of Galen <laughs> sour Galen made those himself. <laughs> Galen, Galen's busy making those as we speak. He's unloading onto the chips right now. <laughs> <laughs> but my favorite of those rides is one called Loads of Jalapeno Poppers, which is really oh, good. Oh, yeah. Just disgusting. It's fantastic. That's like that's like Costco in a bag right there. That's a Costco sample in a bag right there. Oh, well, you know, mm -hmm. I forgot. I should mention the covered bridge chips that we were sent were also fantastic. Covered bridge. Uh, have you ever had those, Sean? They're from New Brunswick. Oh. And it's, a, it's a family-run chip company, and they're absolutely sensational. You can't get them everywhere. They're kind of hard to find, but if you do come across them, highly recommend them. Now, I think the barbecue ones are actually... I'm not a huge barbecue chip guy, but theirs might be the best. And then Old Dutch, to me, being a Western boy, a, an Old Dutch salt and vinegar is still like a good chip any Old day of the Dutch, week. Old Dutch seem like a chip that's made in a repurposed <laughs> factory of some kind. <laughs> or by an old chip. Yeah. <laughs> or by an old Dutch person. Yeah, well, the, uh, there's nothing the Dutch like more than getting old and eating chips. Uh, the, uh, at the covered bridge, I mean, I'd be afraid that a guy uh, on a, a horse would throw his pumpkin head at me down the bridge and kill me. <laughs> Do you know that? So, yeah, yeah, what was that one? Ichabod Crane, uh, the head right. horse. That's right. Hey, yeah. Sean, we could start a uh, a Peterborough chip company called Liftlock brand chips. So you could have like used boat. Uh, how about a, a taste of chip is here's Pete, as in yeah. an, a nod to the Peterborough Pete's. Here's Pete, 
uh, uh, houseboat accident chicks. <laughs> Uh, drunk, frozen in in puddle. Chips. Really, rice lake. Really, ricey lake. Uh, pigeon lake flavor. All the lakes, all the different Kawartha lakes. Milfoil. Milfoil. Sean's mom is naked at the Costco flavor. Oh, there's a cat. There's a cat there's in the a shot. Cat, Sean. There's a cat. Cat shot. Well, that cat is knows its business. That's Ron. Hi, no, Ron. Be there. Do you have a uh, gilded pineapple on your desk there? I do. I won the uh, pineapple of the year in '92. Uh, oh, geez, it looks great. <laughs> is that a Peterborough award? Like a famous <laughs> award in Peterborough? Yes. Yeah, Peterborough pineapples. That was what the uh, la lacrosse team was before it was defunct. <laughs> Oh, so, so last week on Twitter, there was a name your school mascot, your high school mascot, and the last thing you ate. Um, so my, my high school mascot, because I went to St. Peter's, was a saint. So um, <laughs> it would have been Saint Hot Dog. Saint Hot Dog. That would have been my, like, been my uh, Corona name. I'm going to split. <laughs> I'm going to flip it. And mine would have been Spaghetti Raider. <laughs> this Clara Brothers. Uh, lots of talk of a squirrel, a squirrel possibly chewing through some sort of important wire. And Was that then, for real? I thought you made that up. Uh, that's the rumor. That's the rumor around here. And because, and I believe it, because we have so many, uh, as my neighbor likes to say, night creatures here <laughs> on the Scarborough Bell Media campus lot. Like, we have legitimate and... Jason and Randy Sklar joining us now. Guys, first of all, greetings to you. How are you doing today? Well, we're, doing we're, hanging out at, we're hanging out at the Sklarborough Media Campus, <laughs> which is different than the Scarborough Media Campus. Um, our squirrels don't chew through the wires. They <laughs> try the wires, and then they're like, ugh, these aren't vegan, and Not then they these. just drop them. Funny we're having this discussion, guys, because I had this with my daughters at the dinner table tonight. And we were talking about, because um, my, my youngest daughter, uh, she, my middle daughter, she learned about uh, the pecking order. And I said, mm -hmm. well, a lion really doesn't have anyone he's going to attack. But I said, every other animal, your entire day and night is spent scared out of your mind. Oh, dude, the animals are winning in this pandemic. Don't you agree, Jay? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they're coming back out. Like, like you got, like, you know, flamingos in downtown Mumbai. You got, <laughs> they're getting confident, and they're mad that of all the all of them that we eat, like, remember when that Minnesota dentist went out and killed that, you know, elephant? It's like, bad move, bro. They're coming back <laughs> right now. Yeah, by the way, I got news for you. Elephants remember oh, yeah. They, they do. Like, Elephants never forget. Members. Yes. They never forget. <laughs> um, guys, we live in an area here uh, where we're surrounded by trees, and we get emails about um, coyotes oh, in we the have parking coyotes. lot. We have coyotes down here in L.A., and they're sneaky. I, had a coy <laughs> I was taking my old dog out. This is about 10 years ago. Out in front of my house, and there was like a limping, yelping coyote out in front of the house. And I ran out, and I scared him with a flashlight, and I ran him back up the hill, and he, like, ran fine. So he was faking that he was hurt, wow. and he ran back up to a pack of, like, six of them up the <laughs> hill. He was trying to get my dog to chase him, and they were going to have a feast on my dog. We got these emails came legitimately from, from the higher-ups here saying, 
there are coyotes in the parking lot of the of the Belmedia campus. But they came they came while we were doing the show. So they said, just to let you know, there are coyotes around your cars. (laughs) You can check out anytime you like, guys, but you can never leave. So I now I just picture you know those um, when the the dogs are doing police training and the guy walks out like Gumby and he's got all the padding on. I picture that that's us going to our cars every night now. <laughs> just Jay with like his arm extended and like six coyotes just, just, just like, dragging off down. me. Yeah, and I get in the car, they're still hanging on. We're going down the road. <laughs> they're not letting go. No chance they're letting go. I'm thinking about that limping coyote. You guys said. It. the the animals are evolving they're they're getting confident yeah. how confident is that limping coyote because that was that was years ago right wait that was wait years ago you nah, got, that, that guy doesn't have to limp like, get out of your house. He, he literally texts me get out of your house i'm outside yeah. i was gonna say i you know there's like the story of the bear up in lake tahoe that walked into a convenience store and just picked up a bag of corn chips and walked out the next day he went back in and picked up another bag of corn chips turned to the guy at the cashier and said, I'll Venmo you later. That's how he falls there. And he grabbed a white claw, too. I think he took two white claws. He grabbed a white claw. He did. He did. Well, did the bear get a sponsorship deal like that guy did the skateboarding and Ocean Spray bottom a, a vehicle? Yeah. Oh, my God. Did Ocean Spray, that guy's the best. Like, the fact that you're talking about the guy who sang Fleetwood Mac yes. and while drinking... That's I right. was just like, never has anyone consumed ocean spray in that way. <laughs> yeah. I, I, also, I was like, how many off-ramps is this guy going on? Is he just, it's like on a Cloverfield loop here, this guy. Urinary tract infections at an all-time low. Yeah. I mean, this guy is definitely, he. De- all I know is like the next day there was no weed in his system whatsoever. <laughs> By the way, guys, I is should point out. You, uh, you drink uh, limping Coyote sounds like a band that the three of you would be into. Yeah, it does, doesn't totally. it, guys? Limping, uh, limping Coyote was the basis for Gordon Lightfoot. <laughs> <laughs> that was his Native American name That's when he right. went on a limping very Coyote. special peyote trip. <laughs> and that was a Gordon Lightfoot live album, a very special peyote trip. <laughs> Well, that was his name used to be Gordon Levinson. But then when he went to the Indian Reservation, Native American Reservation, he changed it to Gordon Lightfoot because he was And then after that, he changed it to Getty Lee. Um, (laughs) No, but did one of you you tell us a long time ago that (laughs) Gordon Lightfoot had, like, his newest wife would come out on stage and spray his throat before he sang. Did you <laughs> no, that was that? not us. That was not <laughs> us. <laughs> it feels like information that you guys would have. Well, the one thing I think I did tell, last time I talked to you guys, I believe I told you that, and this is so Canada, mm-hmm. that Gordon Lightfoot and Drake live in the same neighborhood. Like, they're <laughs> literally neighbors. Like, we can't just spread out our musicians who are 50 years apart in age. They've all got to live in the same street. <laughs> and Murray's I there. Mean, this is how Anne Murray's up there on a pedestal. Put a tiger mows their lawn. We get it. We get it. The glass tiger lead singer. <laughs> Alan Frew. Alan Frew's been living here for 60 years, and his accent is still the thickest Pristine. Scottish brogue you've ever heard in your life. Yep. Last time yep. I saw him, he was surprising an elderly woman when you could still enter um, seniors' complexes. 
This was pre-COVID, yeah. and he surprised her for her birthday, and she... An elderly woman wanted to see Glass Tiger lead singer <laughs> Alan Frew. Yes. That was her dream. Yep. They danced together was... to their big hit. <laughs> it was so... the shortest visit ever. <laughs> she said, I want to dance with you to all the hits. three-minute visit. Oh it was a three-minute three visit that Brian Adams had to come in and, like, you know, like dance in for a couple of seconds and then come back out. Oh, he's yeah. gone though, guys. Adams, he's been living in England for decades. He, I don't know if you remember, he had to sing the the national anthem at a NHL All Star game a few years ago, and he just flat out forgot it. Like he he's forgot the lyrics. He's checked yeah. out of Canada. And remember, um, at the start of COVID, which seems like five years ago, Brian Adams got in because he was mad that his concerts were canceled because of COVID. That's yeah, right. That was like, I do remember that. He spoke out against it. He couldn't believe it. We're like, said, are you, I, I we're like, you're Brian Adams. Who, you're acting like Ryan Adams. What the <laughs> hell are you doing, man? <laughs> like, you know what? This pandemic cuts like a knife, bro. Cuts like a knife. But it feels all right. Feels, feels all right. so nice. Brian Adams uh, living on that street. Uh, who else? Corey Hart, of course, living Corey, on that street. Yeah. Uh, wearing his sunglasses <laughs> at night, annoying everybody, honestly. Mm hmm making exactly. everyone upset guys how's la right now is it uh is are the fires under control what the is going on burning <laughs> as we speak i mean it's under control i think the fires are okay in southern california we're all right we've cleared through that it's just a weird intense time you know this is a, a city of industry where the industry requires that people get together yeah and you just can't do it uh, it's just been it's been a bizarre time to be out in this place and to be comedians who our job is to go around and be in small rooms where people are laughing and spraying in the air, ocean spray in the air. <laughs> right, right. At the end of every Sklarbrook show, you hope, that was you the hope thing. at the end of every joke. <laughs> so. More ocean spray. But did you guys happen to have a bunch of dates? Like, like, did you have a tour? Yeah. You actually had to cancel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we came oh, off the road. We were we were oh, up no. near you guys. We oh. were in Madison, Wisconsin, which is has one of the best clubs in the country. We recorded two stand-up specials ago. We recorded an hour special in Madison for Netflix. We were, you know, we were in Madison at this great club, comedy on stage, fantastic. We had sold out shows, and then, you know, Friday started rolling around. Middle of the day, it was this March tenth ran, March eleventh. Yeah, March tenth. Yeah. Is this po this post Gobert post Rudy? Is that? Post Rudy Gobert yeah, testing positive, uh, maybe by no, a few Rudy days. Gobert happened, no, oh, the Rudy, next Rudy week. Gobert, I think that happened the next week. Right, and right. so we were like, so we were there, and like everything was getting shut down, and then finally yeah. the club was like, we can't be the reason that a super spreader happens. Uh, and I was like, wow, that's amazing that a comedy club has uh, more <laughs> so responsibility than our goddamn president <laughs> of the United States. They're like, we need to be responsible. We don't want to be the cause for an outbreak. This is what the comedy club said. Is it's run by very smart people. And we said, yeah, that's we totally agree. And so we hopped on a plane the next day and headed back home. And we haven't been on the road. But like, we had dates two weeks after that. We were going to do our podcast in Vancouver, Seattle and Portland. We were supposed to do our podcast in Milwaukee, St. Louis, and Minneapolis. We had like three-day oh, dumb people times out there. And, you know, we had to cancel it all. I mean, we've somewhat pivoted, and we are doing our podcast, and we've done stand-up on this thing called Nowhere Comedy Club, which is really cool. And on November 7th, right after the election, so my guess is we're going to be in a deep state of confusion and no one's going to know what's happening. And people <laughs> right. are just going to need to laugh. but Or they're going to be really mad or they're going to be happy and they're going to want to celebrate. But on November 7th, we're doing 
Dumb People Town Live with John Hamm and the band Tennis are our guests. Oh, so tennis, tennis, I love them. Love them. So they're in Denver. They're going to be playing on Zoom, and it's like a Zoom thing. If you go, you're, people in Canada can get tickets if you go to eventbrite.com and you just look up Dumb People Town November 7th, John Hamm and Tennis. It's great. We have people from all over the world. So that's the beautiful, weird, interesting pivot that's happened is that. That's great. You know, we go and do these shows. So two weeks ago, we had Mike Birbiglia and Mike Doty, who was the lead singer of Soul Coughing. He played. And then a month before that, we had Gaffigan and Ben Lee. Ben Lee played. And it was just fantastic. But we had people from Ireland. We had a guy from New Zealand. We had, like, pe- people who say to us, like, when are you coming up to Maine? And we're like, probably never. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know a world in which we come to Maine. But guess what? We can come into your living room, and you can screen share off your computer onto the TV, and it's like we're in your living room. Yeah, I know and Just so- for Laughs. Like, Just for Laughs is happening right now, and it's all virtual. Yeah. Like, And I know you guys have done Just for Laughs and all that stuff. Yeah, we've oh, done we love it, man. We love Just for Laughs. Montreal is amazing. We, that's, that's such a fun fact. Festival. We we started doing it every year, and we just love it. James Duffy, you got a brand new book coming out, and I gotta say, I love the idea of this book. Uh, the, did you come up with the idea yourself? I did. I was sort of, <laughs> you know, it was Jay. You and I had talked about books a few years ago, and uh, how we enjoy them and yet hate them at the same time. Yeah, yeah <laughs> and, that's true. Uh, because it's just a lot of work to do a book. And so after I did uh, the last one, I said, I'm never going to do another one. And then a couple years went by, and I also said, as you and I said, we were sick of talking about ourselves. And so I said, if I did do another book, it would not be uh, about me as narcissistic as I usually am. And so I sort of had this idea from, you know, I read a bunch of hockey books, and you read autobiographies of guys, and there'll always be like two or three great stories in the book but you have to go through all the other crap about how he grew up in Moose Jaw, mm-hmm. you know, and all that other stuff. And then you go through the details of the Stanley Cup runs and the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. And I thought if you could just take the good story and that's it. Um, and so that's basically what I did is I just uh, asked like 55 guys to tell me your, your favorite hockey story. And I, you, you know, when you're with a bunch of fans or whatever and they're saying well tell me what it's like behind the scenes right that's what they want to know what's it like what's producer tim really like so that it's the sort of same thing i think with hockey fans where they don't want to hear about this great goal you scored they want to hear about what happened in the dressing room or in the bar after and so a lot of the stories are like that who were you able who did you talk to who was who did you want to get and who were you excited to get well, I, I, right away I wanted, you know, the, you need the big guys to sell the book. So I wanted Sid and McDavid and Bobby Orr and Gretzky. And I actually tell this story in the, um, in the forward. But the very first email I sent, which I would guess would be maybe a, a year ago, August or September, was to Bobby Orr. And so I sent this real long email. I mean, I've interviewed Bobby Orr before, but I don't pretend that we're friends or anything like that. And I said, you know, if you could contact me at some point, I'll be writing this book for the next six months. And that was about 10.30 at night one night. And the next morning, like, we're, people were having breakfast and stuff. My phone rings. It was an unknown number. And I pick it up. And he's like, hey, James, it's Bobby. Are you ready to hear my story? <laughs> and I, I kind of freaked. And I was so technically inept at that point, I didn't know that there were apps, or I hadn't researched that there were apps where you could record phone calls. Because obviously, if you have to get a story, you've got to record this stuff. And so the only system I'd come up with was 
that I would take my wife's cell phone and I would put, put it on my speaker. phone on speaker yeah. and use the voice memo folder to record uh, with my wife's phone. That was the only thing I could think of. So I ran into the kitchen and my wife is online, like talking to some, I don't know, some handbag manufacturer or something like that in New York, trying to order something online. And so I'm like, honey, I need the phone. It's Bobby Orr. It's Bobby freaking Orr. And she's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Anyway, so would you have that in a beige? <laughs> and I'm like, no, honey, it's Bobby freaking Orr. I need it like a phone right now. And she just like is like just telling me to get lost for about a minute straight. And finally, I uh, I think my urgency compelled her. And I was like, Bobby, hold on, just hold on one second. And I was able to get him. So that was literally the, the very first one uh, I ever did. And so uh, you wanted to get those big names, but then... You know, I wanted great storytellers, and I wanted some guys that nobody had heard of. So it was a weird mix of how it came together. Like the guy at one guy at uh, the gym I was going to before this mess happened. Uh, he's like, you you got to talk to uh, you got to talk to this guy John Ronan. He played like eight years in the minors, and uh, he was once traded for a pair of skates. Or and this actually really happened. So <laughs> I talked to that guy, and uh, he just had this un- unbelievable, like a guy you'd never heard of, and you would never interview and i don't think anybody had ever interviewed and he played for like every crappy pro league in alabama and all these places and just had story after story so the thing i'm i I like most about the book is it's a great mix of you know Sidney crosby one page and then a guy like john ronan on the next did any of the people that you contacted say okay you're gonna make money from this where's my cut That is a question I kept waiting to hear, and it's been inferred or implied um, by one of the people in the book who works at TSN, who I can't really name him, but his name rhymes with... Beth O'Beal. <laughs> yeah, that would that would make sense to me. Uh, so he once in a while says, "Hey, what do you? What, what, what am I getting out of this?" Good. That's why I love Jeff O'Neill. <laughs> no, everybody, everybody was pretty good about it for the most part. But uh, and you know, it is very generous. You're right. I, especially dealing with age, like some players, I had to deal with agents to get through, and I, I expected to have more trouble than I did. But they were really good. And it was weird. You know, some guys you'd get like Crosby. Uh, Sid, you know, and I hesitate, it was in the middle of last season, you're trying to get guys, they're in a playoff run, and Sid started sending me voice memos. So I could never get him for an interview. I finally did at the end of the season, but he just would send me, I, every, like, once a week in my my phone, a voice memo would, would, and I'd open up the voice memo and be like, hey, James, it's Sid again. So I was thinking of this other story. <laughs> <laughs> he sent me, like, five of them. Wow. So I hope was, you keep those. He took that seriously. Yeah, I kept them. And, and, and I ended up, you know, with all this audio, and um, that's why we, we did a podcast, which is, uh, and I know, you, Jay, you did an audio book. I never did an audio book with any of my other books and sat there and read my book, but I said, you know, why don't we make it, um, not that audiobooks are lame or anything, but why don't we make sure. it cooler and, and do like a podcast out of it where, um, you know, I would read some of it and I would ad-lib some of it and you would have uh, actually hear the guys telling the stories and then Christoph 
um, who's now involved in every podcast every time on CSN, <laughs> uh, does his magic with it and, you know, makes it almost like a radio doc. And so we're, we're, we're not telling, we're not doing the whole book because then nobody would buy the book, but we're going to take maybe 10 of the stories from the book and uh, put them in podcast form. So is that, is the podcast called Beauties as well? That's the yeah. name of the book. I don't think we've mentioned yeah. that. Yeah, yeah the, uh, the book is called Beauties, Hockey's Greatest Untold Stories. The podcast is the same. It's up now, the first version, which happens, the first chapter, which happens to be uh, Sid's chapter which really isn't as much about Sid as uh, Eric Nielsen, uh, who is his junior teammate and just a crazy guy. And that was another way I went through this book. Like I kept asking people, who should I talk to? And John Cooper, who's got a great chapter uh, in the book, the coach of the lightning, he said, you have to talk to Eric Nielsen, the craziest player I ever played for. (laughs) And he was, he was Sid's roommate in junior. And so we basically did a chapter on, uh, what it was like, you know, these two guys, the prodigy and this uh, other idiot and uh, all the wacky adventures they had. Any goalies in it? Uh, there are definitely goalies. I mean, Noodles is okay, in it. He's one of the great storytellers of all time. I have to keep thinking if there's, there's got to be other goalies in it. That's oh, fine, um, as long as you have one. You, you, there's definitely Noodles. Okay, <laughs> Definitely Noodles is oh, should be the what? name of the next book. The, uh, <laughs> it's funny, when David Ayers uh, happened, uh, the emergency goalie for Carolina, oh, yeah. um, you know, everybody said you have to have him in the book. My book was almost done when that happened. But uh, a couple months before, I, I interviewed and did for the book Scott Foster, who, if you remember, was the Chicago Blackhawks yes. emergency goalie. And I thought, oh, geez, now the Scott Foster story is not going to be as good because the David Ayers story was so crazy. But I really like the Scott Foster story because whereas David Ayers was everywhere, right? He went on Stephen Colbert. He went on every talk show there was. Uh, Scott Foster uh, came in that one game. He was an accountant, remember, just with a family in Chicago and did his 14 minutes, uh, pitched a shutout, won the game. And then he didn't want to do media. He did the scrum after the game. And then he said, I just want to go back to my normal life. So he never really told his story. Right. And so I was lucky enough to be able to talk to Scott and really tell the story in detail for the first time. Because those kind of stories fascinate me. Right? Mm-hmm. A guy is sitting in an accounting office, and then he's in the NHL. And unlike David Ayers, who'd played, you know, he'd had like 100 practices with the Leafs. He knew all the guys. Scott Foster had never even met a guy in the National Hockey League. <laughs> and suddenly he was in a game, and he, he just tells great stories about sitting in the dressing room and, and, and everything that happened. So uh, that was one of my favorite chapters, actually, in the book. Beauties. It's, uh, when is it available? Is it out now? It is available next Tuesday. So okay. we put the podcast. The first pod is online. You can uh, uh, hear the first episode, which is about Sid and Eric Nielsen, uh, wherever you find your favorite podcast. And now, the greatest hits of the pod. Meow. Where is the banana hot dog? Come on, it'll be fun. Ooh. Welcome to the hiccups. Come on, it'll be fun. It has changed my life. Come on, it'll be fun. Fun, 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 CK DJ. Yeah. Hey, going for a dart. Oh, by golly. My erections have returned. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. My erections have returned. Why not, eh? CK DJ. I am so fired up. Toilets. Hey, we've got toilets. 
Come and get your toilet. No, that's not a real jingle. Come and get... That's... You know, that one. That's not a real... All right, well...
They're going home. to the Jay and Dan podcast brought to you by our friends at McDonald's James Duffy presents the rubber boots podcast so we're sitting down at our table the, the waiter comes up and he's like profusely sweating <laughs> and this is like 100% his first line to us he goes hello I am not well <laughs> I'm very ill. <laughs> you no, ate there? I came down with it yesterday. I've just not been good. Not good at all. Get it at tsn.ca and anywhere you get your podcasts.